What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Trust Your Board Podcast. My name's Stephen Wright, joined by Mr. William Monroe. Will, welcome to the last episode of the uh, 2022 season. Yeah, last episode for a few months until we uh, get back to everyone here with some draft preparation. Always a fun time of year. Yeah, so uh, in the spirit of mock draft season, I have a question for you. Ooh. Okay. This is kind of like a would you draft this player? I'm not going to give you a name. I'm just going to give you two stats, okay? Okay. So they were running back 67 weeks 1 through 12, running back 4 weeks 13 through 16. Assuming they keep their starting job and you know there's no major changes or anything, is that yeah. someone that you would be interested in next year? Yeah, I mean, it sounds, I mean, I obviously don't know the player. It sounds like a player that came on late in the season, uh, maybe like a rookie or a younger player that took over for someone and, you know, came on. I, not having the details, I think you'd definitely be somewhere in draft consideration. Um, I'm sure that would depend who in the situation, but I think it's a player that should be drafted. Are you interested in Cam Akers for next year? Cam Akers, yeah, right? How crazy has he been? That That is who we are weeks. talking about. Fourth yeah. round ADP, uh, running back 67, weeks 1 through 12, running back 4, 13 through 16. Is that current ADP or preseason ADP? That, that was uh, the fourth round ADP was last August. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting. I mean, next year he'll definitely be back in consideration. You know, probably you'll have the people that are talking about maybe Kyron Williams taking over during the season, but he'll probably be the, the lead back there. I think the big difference is that'll be, you know, talking about less of a top 10 offenses, offense and more of a bottom 10 offense. Uh, Got to get healthy with some of the other skill players there, but the line's been pretty banged up. So, maybe just kind of opportunity for scoring could be down for that going into the year. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It'd be an interesting, uh, interesting off season for them. See if they can fix that offensive line issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, they tend to have there. Um, that is a big issue for them right now. But yeah, with that fun little question out of the way, you ready to uh, jump into some start sick questions? Yeah. Let's get going. Cool. So starting off again, quarterback position. Kirk Cousins at Green Bay, Trevor Lawrence at Houston. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, and I think there's definitely some concern about some games that may not mean anything, especially in the AFC South with the way that it works out here. Both both um, Tennessee and Jacksonville's games this week have no bearing on their divisional playoff race. Now, both of them are still in the running for a wild card. So I, I think that's something that maybe is forgotten about. Everyone's looking ahead at, hey, there's a clear path that the winner of their matchup in the final week will win the division no matter who wins or loses in this next week here in week 17. But I think both teams are still in contention for a wild card at 7-8. and eight. So I do believe we're going to see those players play. You know, We'll see Tennessee. I know they're a little more banged up. Maybe there's someone that sits there and they're focused just on the division, but I think you have to play your players for for Jacksonville, especially the way they've been playing. They don't want to lose that momentum. I think the bigger concern for Jacksonville is really the passing game. Are you going to need it as much against Houston? But Houston has played a lot better last few weeks. They got on the win column. They've 
played you know close games against some good teams as well. Almost beat Dallas. Took what Kansas City to overtime. So I think it's a team that I wouldn't hate playing a quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. Um, I do think I probably would rather play Cousins against Green Bay. I think that'll be more competitive of a game, and, uh, and I just think you know, Houston's run defense has been pretty bad. Uh, even as they've gotten better, you've still seen a lot of teams run against them. So I still think you know the rushing game, controlling the clock, is going to be more potent there. Whereas I think we could see a lot more passing in that Minnesota Green Bay game, despite it being a, you know potential for worse weather. Obviously, keep in mind it's in Green Bay, so. Keep an eye on that as we get closer to the week. Uh, Houston being indoors and, and being in the South, obviously don't have to worry about weather as much, but still in consideration. I think a lean Cousins here, but definitely going to be something that we're going to go up to uh, kick off to determine you know, with the weather situation there. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I'm going Cousins, but it's not by a lot. Um, it's hard to move away from Lawrence, given how hot they've been. Uh, but like you know, you pretty much laid out the case. It could be a strong running game for Jacksonville, um, and Cousins has been hot as well, um, hotter than Lawrence, I think, in, in some weeks. Um, so yeah, it could be an interesting game. I mean, you do run the risk, you know, outside of just the weather. Divisional game could be low scoring. Who knows? You know, that kind of stuff happens sometimes. Um, I guess they're both divisional, but you know, specifically the North, you know, the NFC North, you, you end up with some of those lower scoring games, kind of like the. The NFC East sometimes too, um, so I I'm with you though. I'll go with uh, I'll go with Mr. Cousins, um, but it's not by uh, a huge margin or anything. All right, another one here. Some interesting matchups for both teams here with quarterbacks. Dak Prescott uh, going up against Tennessee. Uh, another situation where we talked about uh, will Tennessee be playing the starters? Um, it, do believe that the Cowboys will, though. They still have a chance at winning the division, and I'm not sure if they have the chance at the one seed. I know the Eagles are still in consideration there, um, but I think if they went out and maybe get some help from Minnesota and San Francisco losing, you know, there's still a chance that they could get the division as well as move up in the seeding, too. So I think we're definitely going to see Dak playing and then the offense playing there. Um, then Detroit versus you know home versus the Bears, nice little indoors game, which is always what you want to see this time of year for quarterbacks. Uh, but yeah, another playoff contending team there in Detroit going against the Bears. Yeah, I um, I'm quite torn. I think I lean Dak. Dak has been good and pretty consistently good. Um, really since returning maybe the if memory serves his first few weeks were a little iffy but he's been really good since um golf has been on fire um but has had some down weeks in here i think he was good this week but the week before i think he ended up with like 15 points or something like that um so i'm, I'm kind of nitpicking you know jared goff's got the the better matchup i think the um let me double check that uh I think no. Tennessee's maybe more. Yeah, you know. Tennessee. Yeah, um, they're both good matchups. Um, both yeah. defenses to give up points to quarterback, but the Tennessee one is better. So yeah, that does lean uh, my way with with Dak as well. So yeah, I think both got similar upside. I think Dak's a little bit more consistent. You know, as we have said, got the better matchup as well. So I'll lean Mister uh, Dak Prescott there. Yeah, this one is really close, and I think a lot of it goes down to what are the other offenses going to be able to do. 
to force the quarterbacks in question here to you know continue to put up points throughout the game. I do think Justin Fields and the Bears are going to be able to move the ball on Detroit, not a great defense, and score points. But I think is going to keep that game close and, and keep them having to throw the ball. Tennessee's defense hasn't been you know great, especially against the pass. They've been pretty bad, so it's definitely helpful for the receivers in Dak. But I think the big worry here is that the offense is going to suffer. We know Tannehill's not playing this week. There are rumblings that Derrick Henry may get the week off. He's a little banged up. And as we said, you know, they're still in contention for the wild card. But it seems like, you know, from what everyone's saying here, Tennessee may be a little more focused on that kind of one game playoff to get in two weeks from now. So if you have Malik Willis and then possibly don't have Derrick Henry, it could be a situation where this game is over in the second quarter just because Tennessee can't move the ball. Dallas's defense is pretty good. Um, you know, we saw them you know, give up some points to the Eagles, but you know, they got pressure. They're a good defense. Uh, and Tennessee, I think, even with Derrick Henry, is a mediocre offense if they don't have Derrick Henry. That really could hurt. So if Derrick Henry's not playing, I think I'll lean golf here. If they do get Derrick Henry and we think that Tennessee can at least keep up, then I'd maybe go with the weapons and the upside of Dak. But I am a little nervous that that's going to be a running game and we're just going to see Zeke and Pollard go off. Maybe Dak can you know, get uh, you know, a touchdown or two, but I don't think you have the 300-plus passing yard upside. And he doesn't run the ball a ton, so I worry a little bit about the upside there of Dak. Okay, um, moving on to the next one here. We got four quarterbacks to choose from here. Well, we got uh, Justin Fields at Detroit, hurt, great matchup. Um, Lawrence at Houston, we've already discussed that one. Um, rising star, Mr. Purdy at Vegas, and then Minshew, assuming he's playing uh, versus the Saints. Yeah, and I think all decent matchups, if not plus matchups. Um, so I think I'd take Fields pretty easily here. As long as he's healthy, the rushing upside is just too much um, to pass up there. If he's not available, I'd probably look at Lawrence, I think. Um, I, th- I think there's a good chance that Hurts plays this week. Um, so that Hurts... Minshew's ability to do much if Hurts is in the game. Maybe he comes in for half the game if they don't want to force him back or they're up big. But don't know that I want to risk that, especially over Fields, um, but even over like a Lawrence or Purdy. So I think it'd be Lawrence or Purdy for me. And I think I would just take, man, I want to say the floor of Lawrence, but it feels like Purdy has probably a, a decent floor as well. Um, feel like I'd have to go with Lawrence, but it's close between him and Purdy uh, if, let's say, Fields is out. Yeah, um, I'm I'm with you. I'm going to go with uh, – I'll go with Fields as well. Although I do think it's a little more difficult for me. Um, you know, injury aside, they, they say they're not, they're not shutting him down. And, you know, I, I, I believe that. Um, but since getting the injury, Fields just hasn't been, you know, that nuclear fire that he was in the middle of the season. Um, he had a really good game against the Eagles. And other than that, he's been actually, like, not good for fantasy. 
Um, and our league failed to break 20 points against Green Bay, had the bye week, had a good week against Philly, and then failed to get 12 points last week against Buffalo. Um, all of which real bad. And then you look at Lawrence, who's just been fire um, the past few uh, weeks, like four or five weeks now. Uh, difference being, Lawrence gets the Detroit defense that's giving up the most points to the quarterback position than any other team. Um, and Houston um, is good against the quarterback. I think that's more of like what you said earlier. They're just really bad against the run, so the quarterback doesn't do as much. Um so I, I think Fields still has the room given they're against a weak defense and it's not um, either of his legs that's hurting. He could just <laughs> run all over Detroit. Um, I'm assuming he'll be good for fantasy this week. So I'll stick with him. Um, like you said, if Fields doesn't play, I'm, I'm happy to go with Lawrence. Um, Minshew's a, you know, a definite no. Purdy's fine. Um, but uh, right now, given how good Lawrence has been for a few weeks now, I'm trusting him a bit more. All right, and our last QB matchup here, um, someone we talked about earlier, Kirk Cousins at Green Bay, um, or Deshaun Watson at Washington. Uh, yeah, this is uh, this is easy. Watson continues to not do anything, so I'm going to continue to not play him. Uh, Kirk Cousins has been really good. Watson's been really bad. Um, if this was a Monday night primetime game for Cousins, you might change my mind, um, <laughs> but it's not. Yeah. So Cousins pretty easy. His one major downside, that Monday night game. What about you? What do you think? Yeah, pretty easily Kirk Cousins here. Um, I've got a Kirk Cousins in Tua decision, but I think that one's kind of making itself because it looks like Tua in concussion protocol. I'd be surprised if he plays. But I do like Kirk Cousins, as I mentioned earlier. I think he's a good play here, barring you know some crazy weather, which as we go closer to the weekend, we'll get a little more insight on. Um, but outside of that, I, I do think that should be a pretty good matchup. Okay, we'll take a, a venture over to the running backs here. Will PPR, um, very interesting. Nick Chubb at Washington um, or Tyler Aguirre uh, versus the Cardinals. Who do you want? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's crazy to think that you know this is a decision at this point. The way that Chubb started the season off, um, and how good Algier has been recently, I still don't think I can sit Nick Chubb. Um, you know, even though they've struggled a bit, he's just too dynamic of a runner. But Algier is going to get carries as well. I think these are both guys that are you know at least RB two or flex consideration. Um, but, yeah, I don't think I could play Algier here over Nick Chubb. I think there's just too much pure upside. Nick Chubb's just such a dynamic player that any given day he could go off for, you know, 150-3. He is the key to that offense. And, you know, even in, in down games, we still see him putting up those points. I can sit Nick Chubb, and I think I would. Um, wow. Yeah, it, it's it's a bold, bold take. Bold choice. Um, but coming off I mean, of 24 carries, 21 carries back to back yeah, weeks. And that, that represents uh, in our half point scoring league, 10.7 and 9.9 points. Like that's just not, that's not it for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's all bucking in the end zone. Yeah. Uh, Algier, 13.7, 22.1. Um, Algier gets Arizona, who's the sixth best. Uh, or a six easiest matchup for a running back. Chubb gets Washington, which is the fifth worst. So, you know, a team in the the Browns that have been trending down since getting Watson, Chubb's been trending down. It gets a tough defense. 
uh, Algier trending up and getting easy defense. So, um, you know, easy for me to say is the one that doesn't actually have to make the decision. Um, that I think if I did, I'd, I'd roll with the hot hand, but I'm, you know, kind of crazy sometimes with that kind of stuff. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. We'll have to keep an eye on that one to see how that plays out between the two of them in a full point scoring. Um, because Algier does get looks like a little bit more catch work, but Chubb has you know, gotten his fair share um, for not being known as like a typically elite PPR running back. But yeah, that'll be interesting. I think it'll be touchdown dependent there, really. Yeah, probably. But yeah, next. Running back, we got half point PPR. Aaron Jones versus the Vikings, or Miles Sanders versus the Saints. Uh, this one, when I looked at it, I thought it was going to be tough, but but I did not realize that Miles Sanders has done nothing the past two weeks. Um, they you know got the volume last week, twenty one yards or twenty one attempts, but only sixty five yards. No touchdowns. Uh, the week before, eleven for forty two. Um, I'm assuming he got a fumble in there cause he, he did not end up with more than two points. Um, so not been great for, for Miles Sanders. Now he was really hot the prior to that. Um, but I think, you know, if I need upside, I'd probably go Sanders. Um, looking at my projections. If I didn't, I probably go with the safety of Aaron Jones. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really what you're looking at there. You imagine they're going to have the Eagles are going to have to establish the run try to protect Hertz a little more if he, even if he does play. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's gotten volume, but hasn't been as efficient as you'd like. Whereas Aaron Jones did have a extremely down day here um, in a most recent game, six carries, only two catches totaling just 34 yards. So not what you want to see out of him, but he should bounce back. You'd think against Minnesota, a situation where they have to win. They got to rely on their top players. We likely are going to see Christian Kirk out. Um, obviously, we'll have to wait and see as we get closer to the week, but I think he's been trending toward that. Didn't Wasn't able to come back into the game in, in his most recent week. So, yeah, it's um, it's interesting. I think, yeah, I think i got to go with Aaron Jones here. Both of them probably stocked down currently, um, but I think you know, Aaron Jones probably just has more pure upside. Okay, moving to the wide receivers. We got one pure wide receiver question here. Well, standard scoring. Uh, don't get too many of those. Mike Williams versus the Rams. Gabe Davis at Cincinnati. Yeah, I think this is fairly easy. I got to go with Mike Williams. I know he didn't have as big of a day, but I think standard scoring, yeah, I guess it favors both of them because they're both big play guys. But you know, four for 76, four for 67, six for 116. Mike Williams just, you know, is more of that average catch per, or, you know, yards per catch guy. Um, so when you see that as as the case, I think that definitely has a boost in standard because you're not getting points for the catches just for the yards. Um, whereas, you know, we've seen on the year Gabe Davis is, you know, a disappointment. His, you know, depth for target isn't as good as, as I think we've seen, in, you know, in what we've seen from the past in him, as well as this, you know, from what we'll see with Mike Williams, he's usually a downfield target. Three for three, three for 45, four fifty-six, three for 31. He just hasn't had those big plays. I uh, only had one week here over a hundred yards, but I did get into the end of the last week. So it's good to see him score again, but I just, I don't think I could sit Mike Williams there. 
Yeah, I'm with you. All the same reasons. There's really nothing added. It's pretty easy for me, Mike Williams. All right. Moving on to flex here. We got a half point scoring. Gabe Davis again. Uh, here, half point gets a little bit more of a boost with some of those catches. And then Devin Singletary at Cincinnati. Both, obviously, at Cincinnati. It's a Monday night game as well. Yeah, yeah. This one, um, this one's been inch is interesting. Singletary been kind of up and down the past few weeks. Um, was really good this week. Um, the the week prior that were a little tougher. Uh, he's also got a a pretty tough matchup. Cincinnati, I believe, has got a pretty good run defense. Um, and then you know, Gabe Davis, like you said, he's been fine. Um, but he hasn't been great for fantasy in a while. Um, like you said, a fine week this week. Um, not like world beating, but he didn't sink either. That was a good solid week. Um, but other than that, you know, they, they got similar floors, uh, but from the looks of it right now, Singletary's got higher upside. Um, now we know the upside that gave gave Davis is capable of, you know, if he, somebody's gonna go out there and score three touchdowns for 150 yards, it could be Gabe Davis. Uh, but you know, we just haven't really seen that this year. So I'm going with uh, Mr. Singletary there. Yeah, kind of everything you said there I'm on board with. I, I you know, the volume it maybe isn't there for Singletary with James Cook splitting with him. But um, I coming off of a good week against Chicago, tougher matchup against Cincinnati, right? So if you need pure upside, I think maybe you could go Davis. Um, but anything in the middle or, or a floor, I'd probably rather have Singletary. And the nice thing is, it's Monday Night Football. So you're looking at your flex here. You should be able to have an idea of the points you need. And you can use that to your advantage here when deciding uh, on which of these two to start. Yeah, very true. Very true. Um, Next one, not a uh, comparison we get too often. Uh, PPR, TJ Hawkinson at Green Bay or uh, Jarek McKinnon versus the Broncos. Yeah, it's always interesting to see a tight end here in in the flex consideration. And he's been a pretty um, talked about tight end. Uh, A little disappointing after the trade, but coming off of a huge 13 catch, 109 yards, two touchdowns, 16 targets, man. It's tough to to not want to play him coming off of that game. I, I think in this situation, though, I don't know that I can sit McKinnon. I mean, I was, he had a down week when it came to just pure volume, only five carries and three catches. Luckily got in the end zone, but you know, before that, he has just been a monster when it comes to the target usage as well. There's Denver and Houston. Um, got Denver again this week. I think this could be one where they try to rely on the run with him and Pacheco. Um, so I think I have to go McKinnon, but... I can understand wanting to go with Hawkinson coming off of that big week. I just I feel like you may be chasing the points a little bit there. Um, I like the matchup, Green Bay. You know, good matchup for tight end, and obviously a game that I think is going to be a little more high scoring. So I think he's one of the you know few times where you can kind of flex a tight end if you're rolling with a Kittle or a Kelsey already, and and he's you know in your flex consideration. Um, but yeah, I think I'd go. McKinnon here. Yeah, I'm with you. McKinnon's down week this week is still better than five of Hawkinson's past seven weeks. Um, and one of those two, the Hawkinson was better. He was only better by two points. So, uh, in our half point, anyway. Um, so, yeah, I get it. 
like you said, it's it's hard to to sit somebody when they just put up a scoring line like that. But it's not a predictable thing to do from a tight end, not Hawkinson and not this offense. Um, so yeah, I'll go with McKinnon pretty easily. I think. All right, our last one here, half point PPR scoring. Uh, you're looking to sit one player here out of uh, Hodgins for the Giants versus the Colts. DJ Moore at Tampa, Brian Robinson versus the Browns, or Isaiah Pacheco versus the Broncos? Yeah, um, I'm definitely, so we're sitting one. I'm definitely not sitting DJ Moore. Uh, He's been really good since the the Panthers started getting better. Um, I'm not sitting Brian Robinson because he's a starting running back, and that's not happening. Um, So it comes down to Hodgson and and Pacheco. I guess, like, you know, if I need safety, if I'm looking at my projections and I'm, I'm comfortable with what I'm seeing, I'll go with Pacheco or I'll, I'll keep Pacheco in and sit Hodgins. Um, you know, despite how good McKinnon's been, you know, Pacheco's been just fine as well. Um, you know, they're both getting plenty of work, um, which is good to see. They're both startable. Um, but with that said, you haven't been seeing the same upside in the past, you know, two or three weeks from Pacheco. Um, you know, when you're running, both running backs like that, that tends to happen. So if I needed sky high upside and, you know, I was okay, you know, with the three point performance, if it doesn't, you know, come through, um, I would go with Hodgins and and sit Pacheco. Um, but outside of needing upside, if I was just kind of, you know, looking for safety or just looking for average play, I think I'd go with, uh, starting Pacheco sitting Hodgins there. What about you? Yeah, I think I'm in line with you as well. I mean, you know, you're definitely not sitting DJ Moore at this point. The way that the or the Carolina is playing, you know, they got a lot on the line here against the Bucks in a big time matchup that could decide the division. Um, Brian Robinson is just a focal point of that offense. You know, they they try to run through him. So, I as you mentioned, those two are definitely starting. And then tough matchup against the Broncos, but obviously coming off of a you know, lopsided loss for the Broncos last week. So you'll find their coach. Maybe they're reinvigorated, but I think I'd stay with Pacheco here. And, and you know, like you mentioned, if you need upside, I understand why you may go Hodgins, but I think you got to go Pacheco in this one. Perfect. We'll move over to the uh, the final trade segment of the year. People are still out there trading in the, your dynasty leagues. Uh, first one, Superflex, tight end premium. Uh, should just one earlier. Will 2023 110 or Dalvin Cook? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I feel like I'd rather get like a more of a package for Cook than just 110. You know what you have in him. You know, maybe it's only a few more years, but it's just, I feel like cashing it all in on one late, despite, you know, being a super flex and tight end, but a late first. Uh, I, I just think that's a little too risky for me i'd rather stick with cook and kind of give that pickup or if i'm trying to trade cook looking for more of a package is there a top tight end in this draft this year i believe there's one um tight end that is you know expected to be like probably first round ish end of the first round so tight end premium maybe middle of the first round but i don't think that it's one of those like hits where you're taking them in the top five of like every draft yeah, it's like Pitts and Hawkinson are the two that come to mind recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe in a tight end premium, Fryermuth was in the first round. Um, 
not sure, but okay. Yeah. So there is somebody, but yeah, I'm with you, you know, looking at cook a 110, even in a superflex tight end premium, the quality pro, uh, you know, running backs and wide receivers are uh, getting to those later picks. The 110 is probably just too late for me. So I'm with you. I'd either want a higher first, um, a little bit higher um, or package preferably. All right. Next up here, still super flex, uh, but it's just a 10 team league. Lamar Jackson and DK Metcalf or Dak Prescott and Stefan Diggs. Yeah, this is pretty close. Um, I think I want the Jackson side. I, the reason being, I think in most years, Lamar is going to be ahead of Dak nine times out of 10. But I think nine times out of 10, Metcalf and Diggs are going to be relatively close. Um, maybe that's that's wrong. I mean, maybe it is always Diggs, but I think it's tighter together than a, a Jackson and Dak will be moving forward. So I'm going with the Jackson Metcalf side, but it's really close. It's a good trade. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a really close one as well. And I guess it just really depends on kind of. Are you looking more long-term or shorter term? Because I think, you know, maybe the next year or two limits Metcalf a little more until they can kind of get that next quarterback. I mean, maybe it's Gino, but I think Diggs next year or two with Josh Allen is going to be better than Metcalf and Gino or Metcalf and, you know, insert rookie quarterback or new quarterback. So I think if it's looking more shorter term, you're a contender, you're looking to just bolster that receiving core um, while having, you know, lateral-ish quarterback. I mean, both of them, I think, are in the same tier. It's more kind of pick your poison with Lamar and, and Dak. And, you know, with the injury history, they both have some injuries, but you probably are thinking maybe Dak has a little bit longer, you know, path, given that he's more of a pocket passer, doesn't run as much now. Um, and has, I think, maybe better passing weapons around him. You still don't really know if you have that elite receiver in, in Baltimore yet. You have Mark Andrews aging, but you got a nice young tight end behind him. So I think there's a little more uncertainty there. Um, I, I think I'd go Dak and Diggs. It's close. Um, if you're looking to you know rebuild more, I wouldn't mind buying a little lower on Lamar and, and getting DK um, for longer term. But Diggs and Dax here, I think, in uh, kind of in a vacuum. Okay, next one straight up. This regular PPR league, David Montgomery or Pacheco? It's an interesting one. I think I'd probably stay with Montgomery here. Um, you know, PPR, I guess, maybe gives a little more boost to Pacheco, but, you know, Montgomery's no slouch when it comes to catching the ball either. Um, and he's going to be a free agent this year. So, obviously, we could have some change with him as well. Um, you, you're going to have Pacheco there, but I, I just, I feel like Kansas city, it's, you know, always going to rotate around. I think Clyde isn't going anywhere. You know, maybe they surprise cut him this year, but I think he'll still be around when he's healthy. Whereas I think Montgomery either resigns and, you know, keeps that kind of two back system there, you know, and what's going to be, a, I think a better offense next year with Chicago, or he goes somewhere where he's going to get paid to be a lead back. And, likely get the carries he, he will be a lead back for you know probably his kind of last high-end contract here for the next two or three years so i think i'll take just what you know i know we have there in montgomery yeah i'm with you i think 
Montgomery is uh, still quality quality running back. You know, he could if he stays with the Bears, he could give up carries to Khalil Herbert for sure. I mean, maybe end up like a 50-50 time split. Um Pacheco's been good, but as the young guy to not be able to beat out like McKinnon for the full-time role seems kind of weird. McKinnon quite old at this point. Um I would have liked to see him, you know, as your rookie, you know, a lot of your, uh-huh. your yeah, a young spry guy, you should be taking over, I would think the full job, but you know, maybe that's also Andy Reid being kind of tough on his rookies. I don't know, but um, just a little concerning. So I'm with you. I'll go with David Montgomery. I think with the bears or any other team, um, you know, maybe Josh Jacobs goes somewhere else and Montgomery ends up on the Raiders and, you know, Jacobs was just great. So Montgomery could be good. You know, I, I think he could go to a lot of places and still be uh Pretty good. So I'll stick with Montgomery as well. All right. Uh, next up here, full PPR, Austin Eckler and David Montgomery or Chris Olave and Brian Robinson. This is difficult. Um, this is pretty close. I mean, you're essentially taking Eckler and trading him in for Olave. Um, it's just too straight up. Um, get your young wide receiver, potential star wide receiver. And then Montgomery, you're just trading him for a younger running back. So I get it. I think I'd rather have the Eckler Montgomery side. Um, you just haven't seen enough out of Brian Robinson to me to have him replace Montgomery. And we don't know what the quarterback situation for the saints is going to be moving forward. I, hopefully that doesn't matter. Um, I'm not opposed to the trade and I'm not opposed to the idea. I just rather have something else Throw in a back end second or a third or something on the Olave side. And you'd convince me, but Straight up, I, I'm sticking with Eckler. Yeah, I think I'm with you. The Eckler Montgomery side, there's just some, you know a lot of value that's going to be there for the next year or two. Uh, maybe you know, break them up if you really want to. But contending team, middle pack team, I think I go with Eckler Montgomery. If you're looking to blow it up, I feel like maybe you could get a little more for each of them separately. But if this is the only way you can get like a top end young receiver like Olave um, and still get it back back in in robinson i get it but i'll take eckler montgomery here okay last one here will and this one was surprising um i saw some twitter results on a poll for this uh ppr jonathan taylor the 2023 101 yeah this is an interesting one you're basically saying jonathan taylor or Bijan robinson um, he is widely expected to be the one-on-one here in, in rookie drafts, you know, especially being a non-superflex rookie draft. And, you know, Taylor, a few years in the league now, but still only 23, so not particularly, you know, no slouch. No, he's not, you know, getting too old yet, but B.J. Robinson's 20. Um, and I think there's... You know, there, there are obviously situations that wouldn't be great for him to go to. Um, but Indy itself isn't the best situation. It's not like you're looking at a, a young running back in a good situation. Um, uh, but Taylor has really proved himself already. So I, I think I'd probably stay with Taylor. I think I'd want a little bit more than the 101. And I don't think you're probably going to get that um, if I have the 101. Yeah, I, I think... I probably, I guess it just depends on your situation if you're planning on winning right now. But if I'm trading the 101, I feel like I, if I have the 101, I'm either taking Bijan or like trading down and trying to pick up a haul of picks and players. Like I'm only trading that pick if I'm trying to rebuild 
And I don't think that you're doing that if you're trading it straight up for Taylor. So I I don't think this trade kind of makes sense for either end, really. Yeah, I, I probably agree that it doesn't make sense on either end. Um, I think in a vacuum, like moving all that aside, I think I'd go with Jonathan Taylor. Because you, I mean, at the end of the day, like you're hoping that whoever you drafted the one on one turns into Jonathan Taylor. Um, and while the concerns about Indy are real and and should be definitely thought about, um, we've seen it, it's all too often that you see elite running backs on bad teams, and they're still elite running backs. Adrian Peterson, you know, Barkley for that one year. Um, Montgomery hasn't been on any good teams. Uh, Jacobs was on a lot of average teams. Like you know, it, it's pretty common. Um, so I wouldn't be too concerned about that. Um, the poll will was heavily on the 101 side. Um, yeah, I mean, it's the end of year. It's yeah. worth looking at the draft. It's just so easy to want to, you know, want to go all in on that young yeah. guy. So, um, you know, maybe if you got the 101 and, you know, you, you don't want to roll the dice, you want to take, you know, take your shot. Maybe you, you try to trade for Jonathan Taylor plus something, a late second or a third or, you know, something else. Um, since, uh, the public opinion seems to be on the one-on-one side. I mean, you can get a little something else and then uh, move along. But uh, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. I saw that one out there. Yeah, very interesting one. Perfect. Well, well, that uh, that is the final trade question. Um, and that is the the final question of the Trust Your Board podcast for uh, the 2022 season, right? Yeah. Can't believe it, but we are right here at the end. Uh, good luck, everyone, in your championships this week uh, consolation brackets third place games anyone that's still playing here this week good luck with matchups keep an eye on weather as we've seen the last couple weeks i think it's been a big theme here at the end yeah definitely uh give us a follow on twitter at trust your board um i think we're, we tend to come back late march right well we do it like a month mm-hmm. and then we start jumping into draft stuff so um Give us a follow, get all the updates for when we are back. But until then, folks, good luck as we'll sell championship week. Trust your board.